nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So, I scoured the globe with top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, welcome to another episode of the Matter of a Mind Experience. I'm your host, Master Trainer and Weight Management Expert, Narado Zico Powell. And today, I have for you the fantastic Sarah K. Hoffman, author of the number one gut healing journal, Leaky Gut Book, and Gutsy Bible, host of the fantastic podcast, Gutsy Girl Podcast. So you kind of see where we're going with this, right? Yeah, we're going with, we're going to talk about the gut. I'm known as the gut health guy, but Sarah is going to knock me out of my seat today, right? So stick around for this. This is going to be a fantastic episode. And we know with the rebranding, at the end of every show or towards the end, I have one topic, one hack that you need to stick around for. And this hack of today's episode is going to be habits to improve IBS while focusing on the root cause. And Sarah is going to drop some knowledge for us. And with that being said, let's welcome her to the show. Hey, Sarah, how you doing? Hello, how are you? I'm so excited to be here. I'm fantastic. I'm in sunny Florida where it's nice and warm. I'm going to rub it in a little bit, rub it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, rub it in, you know, and that sunshine, it's that vitamin D is so, so good for all the things, gut health and gut healing. <laughs> and that we can throw that into episode as we talk. I'm pretty sure you're going to work vitamin D into there somewhere. So <laughs> now with that being said, Tell my audience about yourself. Okay, so my name, like you had said in your intro, is Sarah K. Hoffman. I am mostly known in all of the online spaces in the sphere as a gutsy girl. And um, so I am just a woman who has a past with an unfortunate circumstance and gut problems. And it all started when I was in college. And I really navigated over a decade long journey of healing my gut and learning and really immersing myself in all things gut health and gut healing. And I came out on the other end, uh, really, actually, I came out on the other end healed, but just in time for one of the biggest tragedies of my entire life to happen. That also very, very ironically would also have to do with the gut. And because of that and what happened then in 2019, I kind of just kept my mission going. So while I am super passionate about the gut because of my own journey and my experiences, I am not a nutritionist. I'm not a doctor. I did. I have done a lot of studying and research. I studied at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. I also studied some under Chris Cresser in his ADAPT program, and I've done a lot of other things like that and just 
hours and hours and hours of research. And then also obviously practicing on myself, healing, staying in remission and really learning all of the, I guess I would say the fine intricacies of healing, because what I learned on my journey is that it is so much more than diet. And, and, um, it wasn't until I learned that, that I could heal for good forever. So I'm just here today. Really my platform online is just to spread my passion about gut health and how, if we do not take care of the gut really, you know, bad things in life can happen, you know, um, it is as simple as I just want to feel well on a daily basis. And I think that we have lost that ability to know what, what does it feel like to actually feel good every single day? And that is the, that is gut health at its most basic level, but it goes all the way to so many people being diagnosed with various forms of IBD these days, and even stomach cancers and all of that stuff. So I just have a huge passion for all things gut. And we know at this point that just about any illness or disease you can talk about comes down to the health of your gut. I mean, there's a lot of studies that needs to be done but I think it's what 75% or more of your immune system resides right there, right? So we know this by now. So the fact that you're bringing this to my audience is very important for us to really learn, but she has something to say. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I've researched, I've read various stats and I've seen anywhere from 70 to 90% of the immune system lives within the gut. Also 90% of serotonin is there as well. So when you talk about the mind and the the gut brain connection, there's that as well. Um, But yeah, it's just so many things begin in the gut. And I think the thing that is so interesting about it is it's, it is such a hot topic now. It's the spicy conversation. Everyone wants to get into it. Everyone wants to, you know, focus on it and have clients for it. And I just, I so often I just sit back and laugh because I created a gutsy girl and started sharing these, um, stories about what I was doing in my life way back in 2008. And, um, I started with, a on the blogger platform. I don't even know if that's still around anymore. Maybe it is, but I started there. And the reason why it became a gutsy girl was because I was of the mind frame that women were not supposed to talk about their gut and they weren't supposed to talk about another really, really big issue that I was dealing with at the time, which was infertility. And so I took these topics that were so supposed to be off the table, but yet were so interrelated and I created a gutsy girl. And now they're so openly talked about and we are learning so much. And it's just fascinating to me. That is fascinating. And I didn't even think about that nuance that women should not talk about their gut. That's that's pretty interesting. And you tied in something that, especially with the rebranding, I tried, I mentioned from time to time is the matter over mind experience. Can you talk about if we have a healthy gut, right? If it impacts everything else, it impacts the clarity of mind, it impacts your energy levels, impact how just how you feel, how you operate, right? So taking care of this physical body is such an important thing. The mind is a very powerful tool, but just anything else, we have to give it what it needs for it to operate fun, um, optimally, right? So by taking care of our bodies, 
our minds can operate more efficiently and can become stronger as well. So thank you so much for tying everything that you did. And now this is going to take me into my next question, leaky gut, because for a while, Western doctors are still coming around to this. There's a lot more studies that we need to do. But for a while there, first, it was just considered crack theory. But now we, we are learning, okay, leaky gut is a real thing. So let my audience know, what is it? Well, first of all, the reason why it's quote unquote crack theory is because we just, I think for the simplicity of it, we say the term leaky gut, the true medical term is intestinal permeability. So sometimes if you would say it like that to the doctor, they might take you a little bit more seriously. Otherwise you go into them and you say leaky gut, and then they say crack theory, but it really isn't because it truly is a thing. And the thing about leaky gut is, you know, I know we're going to talk about IBS too, but leaky gut at the end of the day is also a syndrome. So it's leaky gut syndrome, LGS, IBS syndrome, IBS, right? And so syndromes are really just a classification of something that makes up a lot of different things. And so usually people almost, I find are using the terms interchangeably these days, even though, the, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there are very, some very um, clear distinctions, but they are both just filled with a uh, set of symptoms. So leaky gut though, it, the way that I explain it best is obviously we all have um, a stomach lining. We all have the epithelial lining uh, and there is these, these junctions that are supposed to be tight. So I usually show people and I put up four fingers and if this is your intestinal lining and it's supposed to be nice and tight because things that are not supposed to seep through are not and vice versa going the other way. And so what happens with a leaky gut is over time, as the intestinal lining gets becomes damaged, it separates. And when the lining separates, even, you know, just by a very, very tiny amount, again, things that are not supposed to get in, get in like, for instance, anything as far as toxins and um, food particles, that's how, you know, you can become intolerant to foods and uh, so that's really what a leaky gut is, is just the, the inability for your intestines to, you know, stay as tight as they should be. Just very quickly. And listeners of my show know this about me already, but I'm pretty sure you'll know this about me, but I have, I've been off my medications for asthma and my allergies for the last three years, March made it three years, right? I did it through healing my gut, plain and simple. That's really all it came down to. My, when my doctor kept putting me on more and more medication, I was like, look, I can't keep doing this. I'm going to be on like five by the time I'm 45 or 50. I, I can't do this. And he kept telling me to take my medicine. I started studying. And the first book, the first book I picked up was from stock, Dr. Stephen Gunja. I'm pretty sure you know who he is. Mm -hmm. The Plan Paradox. I picked up that book. I learned about my gut. And I started making some small changes because I was skeptical. I'm just naturally a skeptic. And I started making some small changes and, and I started feeling better. My asthma was because my asthma used to be so bad. I used to just go home and lay on the couch, like leave work midday and just lay on the couch and just couldn't move. Right. And now it's been years since I've had any kind of asthma issues. I have no allergy issues. Because every time the pollen count was high, I couldn't breathe. Now, I don't even know when it is or isn't or isn't pollen season. Before, you didn't have to tell me because I just couldn't breathe. I knew pollen count was high. So your, your, the, your gut is very important. So thank you so much for sharing that. And as you talk about, it is a symptom, right? So what are some symptoms or some signs to look out for of a leaky gut? 
So one of the biggest ones is like I had mentioned that food intolerance, I'd be really curious, like you had said, what it, what did you say, uh, birch that you were uh, allergic to or when um, you pollen, pollen, oh, pollen. Yeah. Sorry. Pollen. So every single thing like that, they also have food cross reactors. And so a lot of times that is what your body is just naturally allergic to, because by the way, an allergy and intolerance food allergy intolerance are two different things, but you might be allergic to something. And then all of a sudden though, you're consuming all these cross reactors and your body then because of a leaky gut will, will start to become intolerant to these foods and, and making it so that, yeah, you just all of a sudden have all these food intolerances. When I was first sick, I had 22 food intolerances and that was only due to my leaky gut, which when I healed and sealed it up, I eat all of those foods today with no problem. So that is one of the really, yes, clap, clap, clap. Um, that is one of the really big symptoms of a leaky gut. Something that I think is, I mean, you know, you could, you could say everything from being bloated, constipation, gas, diarrhea, you can talk about the gut specific ones. And I think when we talk about anything that has to do with the gut, everyone immediately goes to that. Uh, they, they go to, this is what I feel in my stomach, or this is what I react to when I eat the harder problem, but also very common are all of the other symptoms that may arise because of a leaky gut that have maybe you know, seemingly nothing to do with the gut, though they do. For instance, acne. Acne is a huge one. Um, so I had SIBO, which is pretty much under the IBS umbrella, small intestinal bacteria overgrowth. And when I had that and leaky gut, I had perial dermatitis really, really badly. Uh, a lot of people have, will have rosacea or eczema, anything like that. Uh, that's very common. A leaky gut also really can, uh, symptoms could be a lot of nutritional deficiencies. You might go get tested with your doctor and find out, oh my gosh, I am, I'm super low in vitamin B12, D, A, whatever. It's another big symptom. And then another, the last two that I really just want to kind of call out, one is the fatigue, awful, awful fatigue can really set in. You think, you know, you're taking your multivitamins and maybe you're just not absorbing the nutrients because of the leaky gut, because they're seeping through and they're not supposed to. In that case, you could find that you're always tired. Um, and then the last one is like a lot of joint pain. So you can just feel like your body doesn't feel right. And again, like I mentioned earlier, the problem with all this is that we, especially in America have been so programmed to think that this is just how I'm supposed to feel. We forgot what it is like to feel fantastic without any kind of medication. And so I, I think that listing out these symptoms is always super helpful and important because you can, you can look at yourself and yeah, I do feel that I feel that joint pain. When I wake up, I feel stiff when all of it. So those are some of the top symptoms. If I had a cheaper mic, I would have just like dropped mine on the ground, right? Let's like mic drop because that right there, that right there. I mean, you just said some things that I wouldn't say blew my mind, but it's just so true because I was, it was right on the tip of my tongue to say, we normalize these things and it drives me insane. I, I was, I had a conversation with someone the other day, we're talking about health and she said, 
I'm just, you know, I'm only allergic to this. I'm only allergic to a couple of things. And I said, yes, you may be allergic to those things, but there are reasons why you are allergic to a thing. And well, she kept repeating herself, well, it's only this and it's only that. And we just make it so normal. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you, how do you not realize that this is a problem? You're not supposed to be allergic to the world. Just like you said, you had certain foods you were allergic to, what, 22? That's a lot of stuff you were allergic to. And now no problems. You can just like me. I have, I've never had food allergies my entire life. However, I did have, I was, I could, had the pollen issue, right? But now no allergic reaction to pollen. Dr. Stephen Gundry talks in his book, The Plant Paradox, that after a while, you can start to reintroduce foods into your diet that you once going to eat because you're not supposed to be allergic to the world. And anybody that hears this part of the podcast, listen to the podcast, go back and listen to what Sarah just detail because if you have anything like this and there are other symptoms and signs as well but anything that she just mentioned stop and think about what's actually happening stop normalizing yourself because most of us are sick most of us are unhealthy and we need to start to take take we need to stop and realize that that's an issue not something to say oh it's just this Oh, it's just that. It, that drives me insane. So thank you so much for sharing it. I knew I got, I got kind of loud there, but I had, that's something that grinds my gears, as Peter, as Peter from our family guy would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can't agree with you more. It absolutely, it, it's really frustrating because we just have forgotten what it's like. But being, you know, I've, since I've been on both sides, um, I can tell you that life over here is so much better. You know, it's just, it's, it's just such a different life. And that is actually why my, my, uh, tagline, my mantra, what I say, what I believe every single day is heal your gut, heal your life. Cause it's true. I love it. I love it. Now this is the IBS episode. So that's what I promised. We're going to get into IBS. And we're going to get into the hacking a little bit, but before we get there, you touch on the topic already, but what is IBS? And how is it connected to the health of our gut and leaky gut? Okay, so I think one thing that's really important, people uh, tend to really uh, confuse the two, IBS and IBD. Also, because I always say IBS and or IBD, there's a reason why I do that. That's not because they are one and the same, because they're not. So IBS stands for Irritable Bowel Syndrome versus IBD is inflammatory bowel disease. And there's a really big difference. A lot of times, yes, it's true. IBS can lead to IBD. And if you have IBD, then almost always you do present with some IBS symptoms. IBD though would be things it's actually causing tissue damage. That's why it's inflammatory versus, um, you know, just general IBS, but it causes tissue damage and it would be something like ulcerative colitis and Crohn's. So that's not what we're talking about today. I just wanted to make that very clear. I uh, have a huge passion for IBD though, because I was diagnosed with colitis in 2008. Uh, but IBS is what I, I, I actually don't know off the top of my head. I have the stats somewhere on my website, but I think it's like 70% or something of people have been diagnosed or told at one point or another that they have IBS. And it's really important because it's one of those things that 
I, I call it, um, IBS is really just BS because, um, it's, it's a diagnosis that's kind of just given and slapped on, as I mentioned earlier, it's a syndrome. And so there's a bunch of things that make it up. And so basically a doctor, you'll go into your doctor, you'll tell them all these symptoms. They'll do a test or two, if that, and after they quote unquote rule everything else out, they will tell you that you have IBS. Now I'm not saying that you that's true or that that's not true. All I'm saying is that I really, really try to empower my community to keep looking deeper, to keep understanding because IBS um, I forgot what, what her name is, um, Margaret, something maybe, but she used to say a rose is a rose is a rose. And that's what I think about IBS. IBS is, isn't IBS, isn't IBS, meaning it's not just you like, so you're diagnosed with IBS and yours is the exact same as mine. We have to do the same thing. It came from the same place. You see what I'm saying? So IBS is connected to gut health because it is, it, it, that's, that's where it originates. It's, it, it's all in the bowel, but it is made up of a classification of tons of different symptoms like bloating, gas, diarrhea, constipation. If you have IBS on a Bristol stool scale, which is the poop chart, you have, you ever seen the poop chart? I have, I have. Yes. Okay. I really, I enjoy the poop chart. I have it in my journal and we made it all nice and fancy and good because I really think it's important for people. If you are having some of these symptoms to track and to really know what your bowel movements look like, I know it sounds disgusting, but it can be, it can be really indicative of what's going on. Um, but an IBS would be, uh, you know, that sweet spot is a number four on the Bristol stool scale. It goes from a number one, which is constipation to a seven, which is diarrhea. So IBS would, you'd find yourself on either side. IBS is broken down. You'll hear it sometimes IBS C, which stands for constipation or IBS D, which stands for diarrhea or IBS M, which is mixed, which a lot of people have, you'll find yourself alternating between constipation and diarrhea. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's uh, apparently you are the uh, poop specialist as well. So I'm going to just go ahead and add that to your title. Oh, you thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> anytime, anytime. I'm here to please. I'm here to please. Okay. So you just wrote down IBS very well. Do you have anything to add as far as what are some symptoms? I, I mean, really the classic symptoms of IBS are just that it's the, the spectrum of constipation to diarrhea. Um, one thing people ask me all the time though, is let's say I have, I'm, you know, presenting as a type one or two, which is more on the constipation side of things for a day or two. And then I go back to normal. Is that something to, you know, to be concerned about? And my answer typically is no, the way that our bowel movements are and your stomach functions on a day-to-day -day basis can change depending on so many different factors, everything from your stress levels to what you ate to your medications. If you took them to, if you worked out or if you didn't work out, you know, you, your, your bowel movements and everything can change on a day-to-day -day basis. What you want to be looking for with IBS though are symptoms that are prolonged. So if you notice for more than a week that you have diarrhea, you really need to start paying attention because there likely is something else going on. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. So now we're getting into the hack of the day. 
right? The question that everybody's been hanging around for, I kind of had these as two questions, but I'm going to bundle them up into one, right? You know your stuff. I'm pretty sure you're going to roll with it quite well. So here we go. Where should someone start if, they, if they've been diagnosed with IBS? And what are some habits to improve IBS, i.e. looking at the root causes? Okay. Yeah. These are two questions that I could really break down in full detail. I am actually uh, working on a uh, gut healing for beginners course. And I have this whole root cause analysis thing that I take people through. Cause I think that that is super important, but what I want to focus on right now is just some places that you could start. Um, I think I just recorded a podcast episode with someone too, and we were talking about making things as easy as possible for people. And what that means really is what's free and easy. You know, what, what are the things that you can do without having to spend a dime or, uh, you know, go to a doctor or do anything else that seems really complicated. The first thing that I always tell people is to give it a full three days. So food intolerances and anything that we eat or the things that we do can take up to 72 hours to present with any symptoms. So before people get really freaked out over, you know, one meal you ate, and then the next day you feel miserable, don't just give it a full three days to try some of these next things that I'm going to, to discuss. Obviously, this is also why I created my journal is because I am super passionate about the fact that we have a million things to remember every single day with our personal lives that if you don't write things down and you don't know what you're eating and you don't know what time things are happening, it's really hard to track and you will, you can't, you just can't go back to get that information and you'll never be able to truly drill down. So one of the things that I would say during these three days is to remove processed foods Everybody these days wants to be, they want to fit into a certain diet mold or a classification of foods they want to cut. They want to be gluten-free or dairy-free or corn-free, soy-free, whatever free they want to be vegan or, you know, keto, whatever diet I'm all for it. I'm all about it. I've done them all. Literally. I think I've tried them all. The problem with that is that the simplest and easiest thing to do is to just remove the processed foods. And the reason is because processed foods contain so many ingredients. I teach on this idea about ingredients versus ingredients. There are ingredients like an orange, one ingredient, an apple, one ingredient, a banana, broccoli, then there are ingredients that make up foods. And those would be the processed foods that I urge people to cut like a cookie. A cookie has, I don't know, 17 ingredients in it. So if you react to that cookie, you will never know what actual ingredient in the cookie is not serving you well. But in addition to that, obviously your listeners are very well educated on processed foods. There's all sorts of inflammatory things that come in processed foods. I usually tell people to look for packaging and for recipes and things that include three to five ingredients and or ingredients that they for sure know what they are and can pronounce. Um, the next thing I always tell people is to include a small amount of certain foods. So if your stomach is hurting, you think you have IBS, one, one very common thing that I see people doing is they go to whatever the latest fad is or the, the, um, latest magazine. And, and a lot of times a magazine will say 
make sure you're getting, you know, 60 grams of fiber today, or make sure you're eating all the prebiotics and take all your probiotics. And the problem with that is it's all fine and good. If your gut is in the right place, but if it's not, it can make you far more miserable. And so what I really recommend for people is to understand about foods that contain probiotics and prebiotics and a lot of fiber and eat them, definitely eat them, but just don't overdo it. Don't, don't just fall into the trend of you have to, to be healthy because you might not be healthy right this second. And so that, that advice isn't going to apply to you. Uh, I've already mentioned to keep a journal. I think this is hands down one of the best things you can do on your journey to understand what's going on with your body, because it's so individualized and customized. Uh, another one would be definitely, uh, these, the next two, I will say, uh, no, one's going to want to hear, and you're probably going to throw stones right now at this, um, episode, but one would be to cut the alcohol and two is to cut or uh, definitely reduce the amount of caffeine you have. And I'm not, I'm, I'm never seeing any of this for a, you know, forever, but I do believe like, I'll tell you and be perfectly honest when I was healing my gut, I barely, I, I don't think I ever drank alcohol. If I did, it was just like pure vodka with water and fresh lemon or something, but I never did. And it was years. Um, it was, it was sad, but I had to do it. And I believe in it. Same thing with the caffeine. A lot of times it bothers people, especially because of all the things we add to it. Um, and then really just like one of the last things, last couple of things I want to say is prioritize sleep. You know, I, I hate that quote that people say that I'm going to sleep when I'm dead. No, because you're going to die because you don't get enough sleep. No, you, you won't. I'm not, I'm, I'm sort of kidding about that, but the, the point is sleeping. I did a sleep study. Uh, when I was healing my gut and what I found was I did it for 30 days. What I found was there was a massive difference in the way that I felt even between getting 7.75 hours of sleep at night and eight hours of sleep. And for a lot of people, you don't need, like, I need eight hours of sleep. Absolutely. Hands down. I get it every single night. A lot of people don't, but you need to know what it is for you. And you need to really adhere to that. No matter what sleeping is so critical for healing. I mean, you know, from a workout standpoint, that's when you're repairing, that's when you're, so it's the same thing with, with your gut and healing that. Um, and then the last thing that kind of goes into all of this is you really have to commit to stress reduction. You have to figure it out. It took me five times of relapsing with SIBO to understand that mostly the reason I kept relapsing is because I didn't understand what my stressors were and why I could not get them under control. And this is so true for so many people, because what we think is I'm stressed because I have so much to do at work. But what we forget is that stress is actually so many other things. It's psychological, it's physiological, it's sociological, everything from environmental toxins to, and I don't say this to scare people because believe me, I have stress today. It's, it, it, it's just acute versus chronic stress. You have to learn to manage and to get rid of the chronic stress. That was a fantastic explanation. The Gutsy Girl 
podcast, everyone. Go out there and check it out and learn about your God. I know we're talking about IBS at this point in the episode, but it's a fantastic podcast. She's extreme. Sarah is extremely, extremely knowledgeable, just like you've heard. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I'm not even going to elaborate because the things that you mentioned, I've talked about on my show before, but you just put it on a nice fancy bow just a while ago. So anyone go back and listen to that take. It was fantastic. So before we get out of here, Sarah, do you have anything to add to the, to the show? I don't. Um, I think the way that I always like when I'm meeting new people, I'm meeting you and I'm meeting your fantastic audience. I think what I always try to really leave people with is that it's so much more than just an upset stomach. And I think that it's, it's, it truly is when you heal your gut, you heal your life. Um, we don't realize a lot of people don't realize until it's too late, the impact we go about our days and we don't pay attention to anything. And the problem with that is that we can't see what's going on in our gut. Well, I mean, unless you get a colonoscopy and endoscopy, which I've had several, you can't see what's going on there. And so we think that I can't see it. I must be healthy. But the truth is that so many of us aren't. And then all of the sudden something hits and we have to then be reactive. My goal is to help people be proactive. So you never have to be reactive. Absolutely great. Thank you so much. That was fantastic. So the last thing I'm going to ask from you, let my audience know, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, I'm a gutsy girl, A-G-U-T-S-Y everywhere on Instagram. I have a YouTube channel, my podcast, like you said, my new book is out and I talk about my journey in, in detail. I talk about the tragedy that struck at the end that kept me going and I'm just super passionate and I love, I love, love, love connecting with people. People are always so surprised in my DMs on Instagram when I respond really quickly, but it's because I'm. I, I do this because I'm so passionate. So that's it. Absolutely great. And her contact information will be in the show notes, of course. And of course, the show notes will be in the description of the show. One question, another question for you, though. You said your new book is out. What's the name of your book and how can someone access it? Oh, it's called A Gutsy Girl's Bible, A 21-Day Approach to Healing the Gut. If you want the hard copy, it's on Amazon. And, um, otherwise, because I wanted to make it accessible all over the world, I mean, I know Amazon does ship, but if people wanted it right now and they live in Japan, you can download it on my website. It's right under Bible. It's called Bible, but it's, it's a gutsy girl's Bible. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, uh, Sarah, enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for joining the matter over mind experience. If you got good content out of this or any of my shows, save, subscribe, and share it with anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.